Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You are our living hope. You are our living hope. Father, we put our hope in you tonight. Nothing else but our hope is in you. Every fear must go in Jesus' name. Every doubt must go in Jesus' name. We put our hope in you. You truly are our living hope. And we worship you. We thank you for speaking to our hearts tonight. We thank you for encouragement tonight. We thank you for vision tonight. We thank you for answered prayers tonight. We thank you that you are doing the great work on our behalf. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can have a seat tonight. Well, welcome, everyone. We, uh, we are going to, uh, if you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians 1, I'm going to try to finish up what we have started last week, which was the prayer in Ephesians, starting in verse 17 and going to verse 23, and I'll just do a quick recap of the beginning part, and I really want to get into the end part, but I want you guys to know something. I had a tough day today. I had a tough day, and yes, even the pastors go through a tough day, and I'll tell you what, when I say tough, I'm going to tell you some of the stuff that happened, you're going to be like, oh, Pastor Jason, this is not tough. And I get it. None of this stuff is life-changing, world events, moving type stuff. But I'll tell you what, the enemy was after me today, just with little things. Little thing after little thing after little thing after little thing. And it wasn't until, well, actually it wasn't until you prayed for me that it started getting better. And I, I started feeling better. I started listening to worship music. And my day was getting better. And then I just started going back into carnal thinking again, started just thinking about stuff, worrying about stuff, dwelling on stuff. And I'll tell you what, before dinner, I was having a difficult time again with life in general. Has anybody ever had a difficult time with life in general? Okay? So this was my, and I'm going to give you a little bit of, about my morning, which set off my day in a, just in not the greatest direction. But then when we came here, and we started worshiping before service started, and you prayed for me again, and I felt so much better again. And so sometimes we have to be reminded, like, hey, take that to prayer. Take that to prayer. Cast down those thoughts. Let someone else pray for you. Call someone be like, I need some prayer today. Amen. They're not going to be like, oh, no, sorry, I'm not going to pray for you today. I'm having, you pray for me. And maybe, you know, maybe you guys just pray back and forth with each other. So my morning started like this. It was about 1.30 a.m. 
And one of our daughters started screaming downstairs. Like, she was just having a bad dream. And I was like, all right. So I would come stumbling, you know, stumbling out of the room. It's 1.30, right, half asleep. And it was Ruby. And I'm like, all right, Ruby, I'm going to pray for you. Everything's going to be okay. And so I just pray for her. And she's, okay, she's good. She's going back to bed. Well, I go back upstairs. And I really have trouble falling back asleep. Like, what is going on? I'm like, hot. I'm sweating. I'm like, what is going on? And so it's like 2.30, I'm looking at the clock, I'm just, I can't fall back asleep. 3.30, I finally walk downstairs. Like, I'm just going to get up. I, normally I get up at 4.30. So 3.30 is not a huge stretch, but that's pretty early. That would be considered middle of the night for most people, okay? So 3.30, I go walking down. Now, how many know that one of the greatest inventions in the world is the Keurig machine? The Keurig machine, yeah, coffee machine. One pop, one click, one button, coffee. Well, every single night, without fail, I always double-check to make sure that's filled with water. Okay, I always make sure it's filled with water. Well, this morning, last night, I must not have checked. And so I come downstairs, and I try to make my coffee, and there's no water. I'm like, are you kidding me? 3.30 in the morning. Like, this is my tough day, okay, guys? It's not tough. <laughs> I get it. But just, like, the enemy's just adding things on to this thing. So there's no water in the Keurig. And I fill up the Keurig machine, so I, put it, I pop it down, and the creamer's bad. Creamer's gone bad, so I got to get a new creamer out. These are not big, big deals. This is not the end of the world. And so I start trying to write my message for Sunday. I'm like, well, I'm up early. Let's start working on my message. I'll tell you what, I could barely get pen to paper. I'm like trying to type, trying to think, looking at scriptures. There's nothing coming to me. I seriously, for like an hour, trying to work on my message for Sunday, nothing's coming. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go upstairs and just get ready for the day because I'm meeting someone for coffee. At, I think it was at 6.45. I'm going to meet someone for coffee. And so I go upstairs. The baby's crying. What? The monitor was turned off. Normally I listen to the monitor and I go help. The baby's crying. So I'm like, why is she crying? So I go into the room to wake up my wife to tell her the baby's crying. The baby stops crying. Too late, I woke her up. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, I cannot, I I can't believe this. What did did you say? I yelled at you. You yelled at me. (laughs) So now it's like 5.15 in the morning, and I'm getting yelled at by my wife for waking waking her up for a baby that's actually not crying. I don't hear her crying. I don't hear her. The baby's not even crying. I'm like, are you serious? So I get in the shower. I'm just going to get ready. You know, I'm going to get ready for the day. And I hear the noise I hear every Wednesday morning coming down the street. (laughs) It's the garbage man. Well, you, do you think last night I would have remembered to put the garbage out? Oh, no. Not only did I not fill up the water in the curing machine, I didn't take out the garbage, which is already full inside the garage. And I look out the window from upstairs, and there goes the garbage man. Are you kidding me? Is this even possible? How could, this, how could so many bad things happen to one person before 6 a.m. in the morning, right? Like, is this even possible? And so I just had this really, it was a tough start to the day. I'm like, okay. I'm going to go to coffee early. I'm going to go to coffee early. I'm going to get like 15, 20 minutes to get there early and just to work on my mess, just to just get my mind right. You know, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to drive there. And when you know I pull in, that person I'm meeting for coffee, they're there early as well in the parking lot, and they see me as I'm driving in. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to be here early and do anything myself. And the enemy was just after me. And I know it's funny. Right, but don't we all have these days where it's just like one thing after another, after another happens, and we just have to be super diligent about, all right, Lord, begin to worship. Like for me, that's what works for me. Maybe for you, it's doing something else, but I just, 
I didn't turn, you think I would have turned worship music on from my house to the coffee place? Like, that would have been a good idea. Right, Jason, good idea. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. So, I mean, we all, we all sometimes we make silly decisions. We make mistakes, and that's okay. God loves us anyway. But he cares for us. He loves us, and sometimes we suffer a little bit. This was really, this is minor, this is first world minor, minor, minor suffering I had this morning. I get that. <clears throat> I get that. And the Lord just reminded me um, after coffee when I was on my way home. He says, you know, he's just like, hey, dude, you are blessed. You are highly favored. I love you. I, look, look at your beautiful wife. Look at your beautiful family. You got an amazing job. You get to serve me. You know what? Your bills are paid. You know, your car is working. Like all the things that we get so worked up about. But if we would just reflect back and say, Lord, oh, you are good. And even if we're having a difficult day, even if we get a bad report, it doesn't change the same facts that I just said. He loves you. He cares for you. He's faithful. You're blessed. So whether it's no water in the Keurig machine or whether it's a bad report from the doctor, it doesn't change the facts of how he sees us and who we are. And what I should have done and what I'm going to do for you, because I'm going to do it for me, is I want to read some of these things out of this is who we are in Christ. We are God's child. We are born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works. We are new creations in Christ. We are forgiven of all of our sins. We are washed in the blood. We are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom. Now, you, if you would just read these every morning, I think, I mean, talk about like a coach pep talk. You know, you think of a coach in the locker room, like gathering his team together and starting yelling at each other and saying, all right, let's go, coach, come on, come on, come on, yelling, yelling, yelling. Like, how about we just read these to ourselves every morning and get ourselves fired up about what God is going to do for us. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We are partakers of his divine nature. We are ambassadors for Christ. And we just think about these things for a minute. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. We are part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. And I could go on and on and on. And this is what I encourage you. If you're having a morning like me, or a day like me, and we all have them, right? That we just have to encourage ourselves with God's word. Take ourselves to worship. Listen to some worship music wherever you're at. Read the word of God over your life. And man, it changes how you're feeling, doesn't it? All right, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, verse 17. I'm just going to quickly read through these. We went through these last, last week a little bit. Starts in verse 17. It says that the God... So what this is, before I start, this is a prayer that I encourage all of you to pray over yourselves, over your lives, each and every day for seven days, starting from last Wednesday to this Wednesday, if you were here. Well, I was here, and I actually didn't do it every day. So, whoops, I should lead by example. So I'm going to do it every day from this point, moving forward for the next seven days. I'm just admitting to you. you. I'm not just saying that. She's going to hold me accountable. You ask me every day if I've done it. Every day, I encourage you to do this every day, because it's a prayer 
that is, has, is access for us on things that God will do for us. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Give you the spirit of wisdom. And what wisdom is is correctly applied knowledge. Wisdom is correctly applied knowledge. How many of you need some wisdom in your life every once in a while? Like today, please? Like we, we have a list of, maybe I said this last week, we've got a list of prayer requests that literally like it's, sometimes I think it's like only two or three long, and then I'm thinking, wait a second, it's this long, wait a second, it's this long, wait a second, this is like pages of prayer requests that I need answers on, that I need wisdom for, and I know you guys have the same type of list, whether it's in your phone or in your prayer journal or just written on some paper somewhere or just somewhere up here in your head on the stuff that you're you're thinking and, and, and wanting to pray about, but wisdom is correctly applied knowledge. Man, I want to have the knowledge of God and his un, understanding his word for the situation and then apply that wisdom into the situation. And the beautiful thing is we talked about this last week is that we have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to show us how to apply that knowledge, what he has taught us as we study the word and as we pray. And he'll teach us to be wise in all areas of our life, in our relationships, in our, in our finances, in our jobs, in everything we do, because he loves us and he cares for us. And he says that whoever asks for wisdom, he'll give it. He'll give it abundantly, not just a little bit. He'll give it to you. So we just have to ask him for this wisdom. And this prayer is asking for it. It's saying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is an uncovering an unveiling that, to the understanding of what we now see. So it's a revelation of God's word. It's a revelation of what's happening right in front of us. A revelation of the situation, because a lot of times we see a situation and we judge the book by its cover. Whatever that book, that, you know, that theoretical book is, like we look at it and say, well, that must be what's going on. Whoa, time out. Is, that's what, is that really what's going on? And we have the Holy Spirit and a God who loves us so much that he is going to lead and guide us and help us to discern what are we seeing right here. Like, if, if you have children and they're acting a certain way and you start punishing the actions, but really what's, what's really driving them to act that way is something completely different. They're not, they're not stealing all the time because they just want to steal. They're stealing for a different reason. Like, what's going on in their life? And how can the Holy Spirit will give us that discernment as parents, he'll give us that discernment as spouses. He'll give us that discernment of what's going on in a situation. Because many times we just see the symptoms, which is the, the cover of the book. Right? That's just what we see with our eyes, but what's really happening? And the Lord is able to reveal that to us through revelation knowledge. And you know, it's what's important. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth has said this a couple times. If you're not moving forward towards God, you're moving backwards. I don't know what that means, but I think it pretty means... It pretty much means don't be standing still. Don't be standing still. Keep moving, keep pursuing, keep looking for more revelation, more insight, more wisdom. And then the verse goes on to say, in the knowledge, well, this is a clear and exact knowledge that is gained as we personally encounter and walk with a God in a living relationship. We get to walk this out. This knowledge that we get can come from the Lord through the scriptures. We have this opportunity. So what is it the knowledge of? It's the knowledge of him. It's the knowledge of him. So it's great to have knowledge about baseball 
It's great to have knowledge about football. It's great to have knowledge about all these things of the world. But guess what? Most of those don't help you. Unless you're a football or baseball coach, all of that knowledge really doesn't do you a whole lot of good. It really doesn't. But what does us good is the knowledge of him, who he is, what he did, who Jesus Christ is, what his name means, the power that's behind his name. That's what we get to have the the knowledge of him as we read the word, as we understand the scriptures. Verse 18, it says, so so this is the, the, so we get this knowledge of him. So what happens that the eyes of our understanding can be enlightened. So the eyes of our understanding can be enlightened. This is our ability to spiritually think through everything that's before us. Like I said, your eyes sometimes, remember in the Bible, Paul had like kind of the, the veil come over his eyes and he couldn't see. I think about that a lot, like, you know, at this time it was Saul before he became Paul. I mean, he can't see anything. He's walking around completely blinded. The eyes of his understanding have not yet been enlightened. And he couldn't see. But when they were, he had a clear vision. When Ananias prayed for him, he now can see again. And he's got a clear vision of what's going on in front of him. It says, so that you may know. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened so that we may know. Know what? There's like three or four things that we get to know. How many of you, we want to know what we want to know, right? We want, like there's things we want to know, like please, is there something I can know? If there is, then I want to know it. Anybody like that? Unlike that? So if there's something that we can know, then I want to know it. So what is it? So that we can know the hope of his calling. This is the first thing we get to know. The hope of his calling. The calling that you have on your life. Absolute confidence in what he has shown you and continuing to show you concerning his plans for your life. What is he calling us to do? Is he calling you to leave your job? Is he calling you to stay? Is he calling you to move somewhere? Is he calling you to stay somewhere? Is he calling you to serve somewhere? What is he calling you to do? And as we seek that calling, as we find that calling in our life, it's, it doesn't come easy because the enemy knows as soon as you get your, your place in that calling, the attacks of the enemy, can we say amen to that? We understand that this is happening as, as we transition into senior pastor, we don't, I mean, guys, guess what? It was not just like, hey, this is great, you know, this is so easy, everything's perfect, the anointing is here, so nothing bad happens, no attacks come. That didn't happen that way. This, it's a battle, each one of you. This is just our calling. But you have a calling specific on your life, and as you're moving forward, that doesn't mean the enemy doesn't amp up his attacks and his wanting to stop that from happening. But we have to know that we got to keep pressing in. Keep pressing into that calling. Keep pressing into what he has for us. To know your calling as part of the body of Christ, a people chosen, called, and faithful. You are seated with him in the heavenlies to rule through the ages. We have Christ who is the head of the church. We are now the body of the church. We are the hands. We are the feet. We are the lungs. We are the heart. We are every organ. We are the pinkies. We are the pinky toes. We are all of it. But we are the church. We get to do God's work on this earth. This is what we get to do. And each one of us has a calling within that. So that's one thing we get to know, which is great. The second thing we get to know is that, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints... Wow, 
So we get to know the hope of the calling, which is what he wants us to go do. And we get to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, which is the means to do it. This is the actual means, like, you know, the, the things that we need in our life to go do the calling that he has on, our, has on our life. So we actually can pray this every day that not only does he reveal the calling, but then he begins to open the doors to the riches and the glory that we need, the things that we need in this life to fulfill the calling that he has. I can tell you what, he had opened up for us to be sitting, standing, sitting and standing here you would not believe the doors that were opening and closing that it would just blow your mind. Like, it's like we should, the, the timing of it. And when it was happening, we're like, what? Why is this happening? What's going on? They, they want me to position, eliminate my own job? What? Okay. And they're going to give me like six, nine months to go do it? Okay. So, you know, there I am working to position, eliminate my job starting in like January, having no idea that we would begin discussions with Pastor and Pam in the middle, in the summer time frame to decide by September about what was going to happen as the, as the transition of this church. We had no, how could I have known that in January? I don't know that. So I'm just like, I have to, what are we, we going to do? What are we going to do for a job? Like, what are we going to do? And literally, as that job comes winding down, my last day of work. Well, but tell him you weren't allowed to find a new job. Yeah, yeah. And so I, yeah, this is good. So, so you talk about chasing, going after your calling, and asking the Lord for wisdom and knowledge. Open. So I'm like, all right, Lord, where do you want me to apply for jobs? Like Monster.com. Like let's do this. Like Indeed, Glassdoor, whatever. Let's go. Let's go check out some jobs. Lord says no. Don't apply anywhere. What are you talking about? So I actually go meet with a recruiter, like an executive recruiter, who fills positions all in the Erie County area. This guy's name is Aaron. I go out to lunch. I go out to breakfast with him at Panera. I'm talking to him. He's like, oh, man. He's like, I can think of this job. I can think of this job. I can, I'm just like, okay. He's like, but I was like, you know, just don't send my resume anywhere. Don't do anything. Just give me, give me a couple weeks before we go do anything. Like, I'm just not ready to apply for a job. And my boss at the other place where I was working in Meadville, he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's like, he's looking for jobs. He's telling me he's looking for jobs. He's getting job offers, and he's looking. He's like, Jason, what are you doing? It's like, man, John, I, I just don't feel like I should be looking for a job. He's like, you have eight kids, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I just don't feel like I should be looking for a job right now. And do you know... Friday was my last day of work at, the, at the, my job in Meadville. It was Friday, August 30th. Sunday, September 1st, Pastor and Pam call and say, I'd like to come over to your house. I want to talk to you about something. And they come over to our house, and then they tell us that we're going to be the next senior pastors. And I'm just like, what? So like, what? But God knew all that was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. And I'll tell you what, guys, I'm going to keep going with this because this is just part of this story. This story is absolutely amazing. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. But before they went to Maine, before they went to Maine and he had his widow make her heart attack on the side of the road, so we, we knew September 1st. The heart attack happened on, on, on September 24th. So we knew for three weeks, we were trying to just like, okay, this is cool. We got like months of transition, all this stuff. So Pastor Doug says, 
like uh, maybe a week after this, he knew, but nobody else knew, but uh, the board, uh, Doug and Brandy, and then us, and then Pastor Pam. And uh, he goes, yeah, maybe we should tell the staff. This was Pastor Doug. He says, maybe we should tell the staff before Pastor and Pam go to Maine. He said, I really think we should. I, I really think we should. And we're just like, no, I'm, why tell the staff? We're not making any public announcement for a while. Let them go to Maine and let them come back and everything will be fine. So I go on a prayer walk in the morning and I'm just asking the Lord and maybe I was praying this prayer for knowledge and wisdom. Maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. And I don't remember what prayer it was, but I came back and I really sensed, like I just kept being reminded over and over what Doug said. I think we should tell the staff before they leave for Maine. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, why would I be reminded of that? I come home, I open up my computer, I have an email from Pastor Jim saying, I think we should tell the staff before we go to Maine. I was like, okay, when two or three are, you know, are, are confirming this thing, okay, so let's go tell the staff. So he goes and tells the staff, we have an all-staff meeting on Thursday, we talk about this, we're so excited, the staff is excited, this is great, oh, God is moving, it's going to be so excited, we just can't wait, we're going to transition like January, so like rest of September, don't worry about it, October, we're just going to like chill out, we'll like talk to a few people, do some one-on-ones, November, we'll start getting to December, we'll just take a little break. You know, and then January, we'll really start getting into it. That was Thursday. Monday, they go to Maine, and Pastor dies on the side of the road, right? So, of course, he was raised back to life, and he's doing great, and the miracle happened. But the other part of the miracle is God was already working those who he needed to be in place because of his, this is his church. It's not Pastor and Pam's church. It's not Liz and my church. It's, not, it's our church. It's his church. His church. He was already making the path. He was already opening the doors, closing the doors. He got me out of that job at Meadville, and I had no idea why that was happening. I mean, he made it all come together. And that's what we're talking about when we're praying in this prayer. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He is making the way. He is making the way. And you know what the reference here to me is? Is if you look at the word inheritance, you want to know what a synonym is for inheritance? Provision. Provision. I'm like, are you serious? I'm reading this thing. Are you serious? Provision and harvest. Are you kidding me? Like, this is exactly what the Lord is doing. This is exactly what he is doing. And he's doing that in every one of our lives. We got to consistently be pursuing that. So then in verse 19, it says, basically, so if this is, if this is the, bat, the last verse was what he wants to go do, the means he's going to go do it, and the, verse 19 is how he's going to do it. Verse 19 is how he's going to go do it. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Not our power, but his power. He's going to do all of this. The hope of our calling, the riches that we need, the provision that we need, all this is going to happen by his power. This is how it's going to happen. And this verse 19 in the Bible, Ephesians 1.19, has has, there is like five different Greek words for the word power. There's five different ones. They mean slightly different, each one of them. This one has four of the five in it. Four of the five in it. And these, these are the fours. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? That's one of them. That is the, what is the dunamis power that I've been talking about on Sunday. That power translation there in that verse is the dunamis power. God stored up miracle working power. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? 
stored up miracle working power is being released so that we can get to the calling that God has for our life. Seriously? Yes. Seriously. God's miracle working power is paving the way for you to get into your calling. That's what's happening. This is what the verse is telling us here. This overpowering display of his glorious power was the greatest work that God has ever recorded. The greatness of his power, bringing Jesus Christ to this earth, raising him from the dead. Amazing. Towards us who believe, according to the working. According to the working. This is the second word for power here. It's not dunamis, it's like energia, I think is what it's called. But it's another word for power in, uh, in Greek. It's the effectual working operation or outward power. So toward us who believe. So he is going to work the exceeding greatness of his power, and he's going to work it towards us in power, towards us who believe, outwardly to us, which is an amazing thing. And then it says of his might, so the working of his mighty power. And those are the two other words. Mighty means power, and then power means power. So it's like power, power. One verse, four powers. Could we just worry about that verse all the time? The exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his power, power. His power, power. His mighty power. And those powers mean ability, force, and strength. And the second one means force, strength, residual strength residing in him. Oh my goodness. You talk about a powerful verse, no pun intended. This one's got four powers in it. The last one is uh, inner, inherent strength residing in him. And that's kratos, if you're looking for the Greek. So there's four Greek words for power in that one verse. It says, the day, it's not the scripture, this is something that we wrote down here. The day Jesus was raised from the dead was the day that all the power of God that was inherent in him was put into a form of energy to fulfill the work of the resurrection. To fulfill the work of it because God resurrected the entire future church at the same time. It all happened at once. You talk about power. It wasn't raising Christ from the dead only. It was, it was forgiving all of our sins, taking care of all of eternity for all of us at one time. One time it happened. Redeeming all of creation. It is the greatest work of God ever. Never before has there been such a display of power. Never before such a display of power. In verse 20, so how does this power work? So we have all this power. What did it? It worked which he worked in Christ. This is whom, through whom we get to do it. Verse 20, through Christ he worked it in him when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. This is who he's working through. It's working through Christ. This is why we pray in the name of Jesus. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, on my behalf. That's why we say in the name of Jesus, why we're praying. Through him. He worked it in Christ. He did all of that redemptive work through Christ. And he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. A person who ranks, a person of high rank, who puts anyone on his right hand, gives him equal honor, equal honor as himself, and recognizes him as an equal. This is why Jesus is at the right hand 
of the Father. He said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He who has gone into heaven is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God wants us to know what happened in the death, burial, resurrection and the seating of Jesus Christ. It is an inherent power that raised Jesus from the dead to set him at the right hand of God. He is part of the Trinity who lives to make intercession for us. Praise God. When we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. He is interceding on our behalf. And what happens, verse 21? So he's sitting at the right hand in heavenly places. Where is that? That is far above all principality and power and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that is which to come. Everything that concerns you, everything that you face, every enemy that ever comes after you, it's done in the name of Jesus, it's been done, the power is there, it is working, and it is done. The victory is ours. God wants us to know that he has set Christ far above every power in the universe, both now and for forever. Both now and for forever. We now are seated with him far above these principalities and powers. This is now our position in him. Our position in him. We are connected to the head, which is Jesus. We are the church. Now we sit in the same place that he sits. We sit with the same power that he sits with. So all these things are also under our feet. This is our position in him. We have been given the right and the authority to use the name of Jesus over our enemy. And when we are submitted to God and use the name of Jesus, every demon must flee. The enemy has to flee from us. Every time we use and speak the name of Jesus, it speaks to all of heaven and all of hell, the victory that Jesus won, and reminds them again of the victory. It's like you're going into a, into a game and you just start saying, hey, Jesus, <laughs> already won. Already won. Jesus. It's been taken care of. The last two verses here, 22 and 23, you put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. This victory is not just for us today, but it's for us every day. Every day. And that's why this prayer is important to read every day. Because what we're asking for is his wisdom, his knowledge, the revelation of who Christ is so that we can take hold of that same power, that same power that rose Christ from the dead, that same dunamis power and all the four powers are available to us through him, as we speak his name and we walk out towards our calling. Let's pray tonight. I want to pray over these prayer requests. And then we'll move into a a short time of just some corporate prayer. And then we're going to end in a worship song tonight as well. Putting a little more structure in on Wednesday nights, that's okay. Uh, But we want to do a worship song here at the end as well.
So Heavenly Father, we just come to you now. Just be in agreement with me here tonight. We are in agreement over these prayer requests now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the many, many, many praise reports that are already coming. The many, many praise reports that are already coming. And we thank you for them. We thank you for the ones that are already listed here. We thank you that Danny received two job offers after we prayed for him last night. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Lord, for that. We thank you for a new car for someone. We thank you, Father. That, that was a prayer request that was lifted up. And we thank you that, that you delivered. You delivered. And Father, we just pray right now for healing for Chris. We just thank you for your healing touch, your healing power. You are a good, good God. You take care of us. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. And so, Father, we just speak healing over Chris right now and safety for the trip that that family is going on. Father, we just lift up our government up to you. We lift up our president up to you. We lift up our, our, just our whole country up to you right now. Father, we just, give you, we just thank you for the freedom that we have in this country. We thank you that we can worship you freely in this country, Father God. And we just pray that many, many will come to know you that are in government. That, Father, that their lives will be touched and move towards the things of you, Father. We just thank you for it. We thank you, Father, for another praise report of someone paying tuition for somebody. Thank you that that's done in Jesus' name and has taken care of a family. Father, I thank you that you know the requests even sometimes before we even realize what they are. You're already working on our behalf. And Father, we just thank you for healing for Bob right now in the name of Jesus, taking care of every physical issue that he has. Father, we thank you for that healing touch on his life tonight. We just worship you and praise you. And Father, as we begin to have a time of corporate prayer, Father, we're just going to read Ephesians 1 again out loud, and that each of us will receive that prayer tonight over our lives. Each of us will receive the wisdom, the knowledge that we need for the situation of life, that each of us will be pursuing the calling that you have on our lives, and that you're opening doors and closing doors and making the way for that calling through Christ and in Christ so that we can be victorious. We thank you for it. So, Father, we just read your word back to you tonight. For when we read your word, we're just reminding you of what you've already said, and you're working on our behalf. That the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know the hope of our calling. What are the riches and the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all principality, all power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that is which to come. And we thank you that you put all things under your feet, and that you have given Christ to be the head over all things for the church, which is your body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so, Father, as this time of corporate prayer begins, Father, we just pray for each and every request that gets lifted up tonight, that your Holy Spirit will lead us, guide us, and direct us in our lives. In Jesus' name. So the Lord is just reminding me, I've told this story before, um, but he's just reminding me of that time that we got a dog, and I just, I wanted the dog, and I asked him, we need to, I want to get this dog, and um, he doesn't like to say no sometimes, so I asked him to pray about it, and 
And then I used all my powers of persuasion to get him to say yes. He said yes. But even though I may have gotten him to tell me what I wanted to hear, that morning we were going out to buy supplies for the dog, and I knew, I knew I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I just pushed that right to the side, and all the girls were so excited. We're so excited. We're going to get this dog. And, um, I mean, I knew that I just pushed that, pushed that to the side, and we went and we got the dog. And if you fast forward six months later, like $1,500 or more later, <laughs> chewed everything later, um, you know, I had one child who, 18 months old, who was terrified of the dog, and the dog would always jump on her and take her food. And um, I was, the kids would see me just yelling at the dog. You see him yelling at, I mean, that dog brought out the worst in us, and it was just a bad situation. And, um, the wonderful part about the story, what he just continually reminds me of, um, and it will minister to me forever, is that I woke up one morning and I knew enough is enough. Today is the day that I take back this house. Mm. And I walked out. I walked out that morning and I looked at him. I said, call the Humane Society. The dog is going. The dog is leaving. The dog must go. He said, well, it doesn't open till 11. I said, then fine. The dog leaves at 11. Well, how do you know they're going to take the dog? It's like, the dog is leaving. And he was just like, okay, okay. And he was like, well, let, let's, let's pray. I was like, that's fine. We can pray. God has till 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, the dog is leaving my house. We can pray. And we prayed. And I, my prayer was so, I just, I got to the end of, end of pretending. I got to the end of pretending with God or with him or with anyone else. I was at the end, right or wrong, I was at the end of my own self. So we prayed, and my prayer went something like this. Lord, God, you are able to do all things, and you have until 11 o'clock, because the dog must go, and I need help. I did this. I did this, and I don't want my children's hearts to break, and I made this mess, and it gets cleaned up today. I know you are able, and I trust you. Amen. And I'll tell you what. I called Jocelyn Luciana. We were very close back then, and I told her, man, this dog's got to go. And little Olivia started crying. She wanted the dog. And I said, Jocelyn, we're friends. You need to know everything about this dog. You don't want this dog. And I told her all the reasons why. And in the end, long story short, in the end, our dog, the dog, moved with a family who loved the dog, and we got to see the dog whenever we wanted, and the kids weren't sad. And in, in a moment, in a moment, God answered my prayer better. It was better than dumping the dog at Humane Society, which I felt very bad about, but sorry, not sorry. The dog was going to go. I mean, I was sorry, but I was not sorry. And God rescues us. He rescues us, and what I think he loves, he loves when we come to the end of ourselves, and I think this is what he loved about King David. I love King David. We are totally going to hang out someday. We're totally going to get along because he was so honest and so honest about the mess and what he felt like. Oh, I'm in a pit, you know, just end it now. The misery is too much. I'd rather die. I feel that. There are days I feel that. And then he says, oh, but you, oh God. And he turns 
In like every psalm, he looks up and he says, but you are all that you say you are. You are greater than all of my mess, of all that I've done. My sin is bare before you. He's just so honest. And the Lord just keeps ministering that to me and to this church. Sunday mornings, there's something going on here. I mean, I'm just waking up and eating my breakfast and coming to church. And he, he, he is amazing us week after week. And there's a theme here. And it's freedom. Amen. And it's honesty. And it's, 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 it's trust me to be all that I said I am. Trust him to be all that he says he is. He, it thrills him. It thrills him when we go up to him and we say, you said you were this good. You're this good. Here's everything. Here's all of my cares. Here's all of my cares. Here's all of my mess. I willfully disobeyed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when I had gotten to the end of myself... I said, God, rescue me. I have made a mess. And he did not hesitate. He did not hesitate to rescue me. And he did it in a way that honestly was merciful. He was merciful to me. And I will never forget it. I will never forget it. So I just encourage you, as I was walking with my phone, you see me walking with my phone. Um, I have a list on there in my notes. It's Wednesday night prayer. And I just keep track of what I'm praying for. And I mark it off when it's been answered because I, because God is able. And I think he loves when we tell him that it's one of my favorite things to tell him. You are able, you are able. I don't see a way, but you are able to do all that you promised. And gosh, I could just preach. I just feel the preach on me. I know what time it is. I know I'm going to stop. Um, King David and me and Chris were talking about this the other day. King David, they said he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he was so honorable Because he was so good and righteous? He wasn't. I mean, he slept with the lady and then killed her husband. I mean, what a mess. And that's, um, I remember hearing a teaching recently on this. That didn't happen. It wasn't like a, oh, I missed it. I made a mistake. He covered that sucker up. I mean, it was like an ongoing thing. He, yeah, he was trying to cover it up. But when... God is patient, and I don't know what that, what that whole scenario was. When the prophet came, David knew, and he acknowledged quickly at that point. That's right. And he, mm. he fell before the Lord, and he, he received forgiveness. And what God did, the restoration that he brought with Solomon came forth, and what he did, the, the work that he did in building the temple. I mean, God is just faithful. He will rescue us from our messes. He forgives us of all, That's all right. of our sins. That's right. But he cannot forgive us the ones we're trying to hide from him. And he cannot forgive us the ones we don't acknowledge are there. So I am just such a huge fan of finding my own messes. I dig. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding so that I can know what I'm hiding from, trying to hide from you. And that is the theme that has been resonating with me for this church. It's a growing up. It's a growing it's a growing up for me. It's been a growing process. When I feel myself struggling in an area, instead of running from it, I run to it. I start making, I write it down. Like, instead of trying to pretend like the dog, like, oh, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. No, no. That's not him telling me not to get the dog. Instead, I turn toward it and say, ooh, this is ugly, and I don't like it, and I don't want to hear it. Okay, I'm going to write it down so I don't forget it. 
And I dig in and I invite God and I mm. say, you are able and you are exactly all more than I can even conceive of. You are. And then I draw on that. I want to draw big on that because I want to be a woman after God's own heart. Amen. Okay. Amen. <clears throat> Good. Let's, instead of worshiping this last song, let's just, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are able. We thank you, Father, that you are able. You, you are able to take every situation and turn it around for thank our good. You are able to take every sin that we have and you're able to forgive it. Father, no matter what we've done or running away or, or even when we know what we're supposed to do and we do the wrong thing, you are able to rescue us from it. Father, you are a good God, a loving Heavenly Father. We thank you, Father, that you are able. You are able. You are able. And every request that we have, we put it in front of you. And we say tonight, you are able. For with you all things are possible. And so each one of these things that we prayed for tonight, they are at your feet. Jesus is interceding on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is at work all around us, working in us, through us, and for us. And we just say, Father, you are able. And you are that good. And you are good. And you thank you, Father, tonight. You're taking care of each and everything that concerns us. And we thank you for it. And your heavenly, heavenly, heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Wonderful time tonight. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.